Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Streaming Science Podcast. Streaming Science is a student-driven program that works to connect you with scientists and to learn how science impacts all of us in our everyday lives. I'm Christine Westenhaver, an agricultural education and communication senior at the University of Florida, and I am your host. You're currently listening to an episode where we will talk with women from the Nature Conservancy's Women in Climate Coalition about how they are working together to find climate change solutions. The Women in Climate Coalition unites women from all backgrounds to solve the climate crisis through innovation labs, facilitated networks, and policy workshops. In the following interview, I spoke with Stephanie Holthouse, who is the lead for the Women in Climate Coalition. Through this podcast, I hope you gain insight into Stephanie's work and how the coalition is working to create a more sustainable world. If you want to begin and tell us a little bit about yourself and your position at the Nature Conservancy, specifically with women in climate. Sure. Good morning. I um, am the climate advisor for the Alaska chapter of the Nature Conservancy for half of my time. And the other half of my time is as the co-lead of Women in Climate, which is an initiative that's national and hopefully will be global. Um, We bring together women who are working on climate change into a collaborative space. Um, We call them innovation labs. And these women come together from very diverse backgrounds, um, industry, academia, uh, science, politics, etc. And we bring them all together and they work on climate change solutions. And so Women in Climate has hosted five of these innovation labs since 2018. And we're getting ready to host another in early June. I came to the Nature Conservancy nine years ago after a long career in the transportation industry. And I am not a climate scientist uh, or an expert on climate, but I came into this work um, to try to bring people together to work together both in Alaska and nationally on climate change issues by providing a creative space for them to do that. For some of us listening who might not have ever heard of the Nature Conservancy, um, can you explain what that is and what um, you guys do there? Yes. So the Nature Conservancy is a global organization. It is the largest environmental NGO, which means non-governmental organization. We're a nonprofit that works on environmental issues all around the world. We are operating in more than 70 countries and we are in every state in the United States. Our aim is to create a world in which nature and people thrive. Our two priorities are climate change and biodiversity, trying to maintain biodiversity in the world and trying to tackle climate change. Um, So you mentioned you guys have been doing um, these innovation labs. You've done five since 2018. So can you tell us a little about the most recent innovation lab that you've done and what someone can expect the environment and process to be like during this time? Yes. The innovation labs begin with, we cultivate a participation list 
that includes diversity, both traditional and non-traditional. So ethnic and geographic diversity, diversity of um, expertise and background. When we say women, we mean all women. Um, and we try to be extremely inclusive. So when you come to an innovation lab, we generally have between 30 and 50 women who come together for two and a half days. And the innovation lab itself is designed to help people work together in groups on climate solutions. So our last innovation lab was for women in the fishing industry. This took place in Seattle in September of 2022. We brought together 30 women who work in the fishing industry across the country. Um, we had women who fish, women who work in fishing companies and corporations. We had association folks, scientists that work on fisheries, um, kind of a broad group um, of folks from different backgrounds, but all working within the fishing industry. And so we usually start with um, a large networking event. So we bring people in, there's a, a cocktail hour and hors d'oeuvres, and then we have a dinner where we explain what's going to happen over the next couple of days. And then the next day, um, they work all day long. Um, and we start with um, the ideas that they have already told us that they want to explore. So we interview everyone before the event to understand what people really want to look at in these um, events. So we have a series of questions People self-select into um, the groups that are going to address those questions. They work on um, whatever issue it is that they're looking at in a small group, and then they bring it back to the larger group. The larger group gives input and feedback, and then they go back into their smaller groups and work on them again. So all of that to say, but at the end of the day, um, we have several um, climate solutions that are produced. And we also build in a lot of time for networking because we've discovered that one of the most beneficial things that come out of the innovation lab is the connection between the women that are there. And I will also say that in this environment, when you bring only women into an event like this, there's very little time spent um, or needed to be spent on building trust and um, setting the stage. They're all already experts. And so, um, and women, when they come together in an all-woman um, event, they feel comfortable and are already open um, to meeting each other and working together. Women are also very highly collaborative. So they're ready to go when they come. And these are not conferences. so. We're not presenting materials to them. They are already the experts, so they come ready to work and we put them to work. That sounds like the process and the collaboration just brings together so many different opinions and everything. And I think that's what makes you guys so unique and um, special when it comes to the climate conversation. So very cool. It's the diversity that makes for creative ideas. Like when you bring those different perspectives and um, ways of thinking together, that's when things get really creative. I think that is the key to our success. 
I know you just mentioned like all of the skills and like different perspectives that these women bring. Um, but like compared to like our counterparts, how do you think like women kind of shift the dynamic of the climate conversation? I think that women's leadership is very different and that those differences include that one, they're very collaborative, as I mentioned already, but they also have very holistic approaches. So when women are thinking about climate change, they're not just thinking about the weather. They're thinking about things like food security and the safety of their homes and their communities. Um, so I think those perspectives really provide a different dynamic um, when it comes to these conversations. What are some of the challenges that you and the women a part of this initiative have been faced with or are maybe even experiencing right now? Well, in the beginning, in 2018, um, the Nature Conservancy had never convened only women and had never done an innovation lab either. So people were asking, like, why? Why women? Since then, so much has happened in the world to elevate gender inequity that um, we don't get asked that question anymore. <laughs> no one asks us why women. And the Me Too movement happened right then, and, and a lot of things changed. So we don't get that um, pushback anymore. But we do still struggle um, with funding and with kind of elevating this idea internally that the organization is extremely large. And so it's hard not to get lost in the all the various things that the Nature Conservancy does. And the women themselves are still facing not being invited to the table and not having their voices heard. So women who are working on climate change are still experiencing the same things all women experience in our culture, um, which is, you know, just kind of a, a lack of attention and a lack of um, being considered credible. So we're trying to subvert that and ensure that women are leading the climate movement because this is a moment in time where we cannot afford not to include half of the population over half of the population of the world in the solutions for climate change. So I know you guys have been working um, for several years now. Um, I don't know if you guys have any like accomplishments that you like have been achieved um, since Women in Climate came to be, or you have any goals that might have been met. Um, can you describe like some of your goals or accomplishments in the past couple of years? Yes, um, I think one of the the biggest things that we've achieved that we didn't even know was a goal when we started. Um, the first cohort of women was were, were 65 women um, from four different states. And when they were finished with the Innovation Lab, they wanted to remain connected to each other. So we set up a network for them that continues to this day. So the network now includes anyone who has participated in an innovation lab, and we have nearly 200 women in the network. And the network convenes virtually um, every other month, 
to look at new work that our, our members are doing, address challenges, um, and, and just try to keep people connected so that they can be a resource to each other. So that is one of our big successes in, in maintaining the network has been a, a challenge, but um, is now one of our main goals. Like we want these folks to stay um, connected to each other and we want to continue to learn from them. So that's one. We have a goal to be global. Our dream would be to be able to bring women from all around the world together to work on climate solutions. And we also would very much like to have enough funding to fund the ideas that come out of these innovation labs. So right now, if the ideas are going to be pursued um, after the innovation lab, that's kind of up to the participants because TNC doesn't have so far the funding to um, propel these ideas to fruition. So that's another goal that we have. Um, one other thing that we are trying to do is help change the nature conservancy itself by demonstrating um, the way that equitable conservation can be done. So we start with equity instead of trying to add it later to, to a program that's already begun. And we've had quite a bit of success with demonstrating that within the organization. And that's very hopeful for us. So where do these women come from? You said you one of the goals is to be global. So like, where are they coming from now? So far, they have all come from within the U.S., um, there may be a couple of outliers with Canada, <laughs> but um, for the most part, all from the U.S. and from every region of the United States, um, because we started out, the Nature Conservancy is organized geographically. So we started out with um, the states that are nearest to Alaska and are, we consider our neighbors. So Alaska, Washington, Hawaii, and Oregon. And then we did um, some work on the East Coast and the Mid-Atlantic region. And then when we shifted, the, the fishing industry event was the first industry-specific event that we did. And we pulled from um, all states that have fishing industries across the U.S. So kind of all the coastal states were represented there. So it's pretty pretty much all across the country at this point. Um, like, yeah, like I said, we'd love to be global and we're working towards that. So what has been your favorite part when it comes to working and leading women in climate? I think the experience itself of the innovation labs is really high energy and joyful and interesting. And I think the, you know, for me, the best part about it has been meeting all of these amazing women who are doing this work in so many different ways. So for me, it's been an honor and something that I could have never experienced without this program. I would have never met all these amazing people and been able to continue to be engaged with them. So I feel very privileged in that regard. So I know these women are coming all over the U.S. Um, in many different industries. Um, what kind of like jobs do these women have? Like, are they scientists, conservationists, just like everyday women? Or 
mainly just working on like the climate crisis? That's a great question. We are focused on women who are leading in the climate change space, but that means so many different things. Um, so yes, we have scientists and academics who have specific focus on climate change, but we also have industry people who are working on sustainability in their industries or in their corporations. And we have political folks who are working on climate legislation or want to see climate legislation um, passed. We also have artists and musicians. We have people who are under are trying to understand the um, communication keys that are related to climate, um, which is a huge part of kind of shifting the culture towards a more sustainable way of being. Um, so yeah, we, we have journalists and writers. We have, I think, um, in the 200 women that are in the network now, I'd be hard pressed to come up with someone who, um, you know, that we're missing something. I think it, it's that diverse. We have every kind of, um, work being done in the network. So what are some of the things that, either the listeners or like me just as a citizen in Florida could do to become more informed about the climate crisis and show our support um, for the women in climate initiative. The biggest thing that I think anyone can do when it comes to climate change, unless you are a scientist that's going to be able to figure out how to, how to reverse the trend um, is to vote. People have to vote so that our elected um, contingents are working towards a more sustainable future. That is the most critical thing that anyone can do. We also, of course, we all personally should be doing everything that we can with recycling and moving towards electric vehicles and all those things that you hear about every day. But the big shifts that we are required are global and they are political. Um, and so I believe that voting is the most critical thing you can do. Examine the people that you're voting for from a very local level all the way up to the national level and vote for people who are working towards a sustainable future for all of us. As far as women in climate goes, um, I think when people are trying to learn about climate change efforts here and elsewhere, it's really important to look for the women that are working on climate change and the women's efforts that are happening um, because our initiative is is really designed to ensure that women are leading the climate movement. And that requires that we don't only listen to men or only focus on men's work. Um, so I would encourage everyone to to make that a focus for that for their own learning. Um, and that is the kind of support that will shift the whole dynamic. Well, those were all of the questions that I had today. Um, thank you so much for answering these with such great explanations and just really going into detail on like the amazing work you guys do with women in climate. So thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Women in Climate series on the Streaming Science Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Westenhaber. 
Make sure to check out our website and social media for more.